Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Vizdira, Kid, Bria, and Flick. Okay, Carol Channing, last time we learned all about our story consultant, Robert, as Taryn completed her Taryn Talks collection. Yes. This week, the gang's finally all assembled again. Plans are moving apace, ships are being built, warning systems have been installed, with only now five months remaining until the full moon solstice and the return of the beast. It's time for our adventurers to make some tough decisions regarding the friends they've made along the way. Will the second assistant librarian be able to provide them with tactical advice based on Flick's last prophecy? Will they order Tidier to lead an army of giant crabs against the beast? Or will they just want to get drunk on Shell Warden's cavefisher blood? I don't know. Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hello. Well, that doesn't sound very productive, but fun. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I, that's for after the battle, for whoever's still alive. Yeah. It it fills me with great confidence that you all at least have those priorities in, in what I perceive as the correct order. <laughs> that's good. I, I mean, I was thinking of how to respond to it, so I don't know that my priorities are straight, but as long as everyone else is asleep. I was speaking to those who had chosen to voice their thoughts already. Well, I was just thinking, like, what if we drank it, and then it gave us hallucinations, and those hallucinations helped us to come up with creative, out-of-the-box ideas to fight the beast. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because we're in banter, but it is yet more proof that you and I share a brain once <laughs> I introduce some of the ideas story consultant Robert and I have for Shell Warden and her cave fishers. It's fine. How are we all doing? I. It's been so long since we've recorded to all five of us together. Together again for the first time. <laughs> what is that from? Oh, that's Young Frankenstein, the musical. Oh, I was oh. going to say, that's not from the movie. No. no. This, this reminds me that I have a public grievance to air. Uh-oh. Oh. What did I do? So... In the last Terran Talks, there was some discussion of musical theater, and story consultant Robert Hupp said that the musical theater people on this podcast were Eugenio, Terran, and Alex. And I am so offended that I was not included <laughs> I stopped. in that list. When I was editing, I stopped the playback and was like, should I tell Robert I just need him to record him saying Aunt Karen? <laughs> The person who did a musical for their solo episode. Yes, yes. (laughs) That's what I said to Mike. I was like, can you believe that this happened? I did the musical character episode. Yeah. Anyways. Even I was like, he did not say Karen's name in there. And I think she's going to be pissed. I typed it into our Slack to like call Robert out in Slack. And then I was like, no. I'm going to save it for the episode. Yeah, it needs to be on air. On air. Absolutely. That's right. That way no one else makes the same mistake. Well, and it's funny because he's not recording right now, but he is on the chat for those for listening at home. Mm -hmm. And his response to this was, lol, whoops. (laughs) I mean... I'm glad that we all felt the same way. So now hopefully Robert is just feels the shame of not not including me in that group. <laughs> also, I take no accountability for not calling it out. So <laughs> you should take a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Taryn takes no responsibility or accountability Never. for a series uh, called Taryn Talk. With her name. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh, I I have a lot of questions that I'm reading while other well you know I don't pay attention to the Terran talks I'm just on the next thing it's definitely right. what happened for yeah. sure yeah yeah you don't actually yeah. listen to what people wait, wait, are saying wait, wait, wait. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold yeah on. I don't want to listen another to what problem. <laughs> 
Oy, oy, oy. Clearly, well, we are all ready to be back together and recording at the same time again. Yes. Um, I think so. We're, we're a solid six minutes in, so like, I'm fine with this being the intro. Do we have like a one singular media wreck or something to chat about for 90 to 120 seconds? I mean... It's a really short amount of time. We did talk about the fact that there's some um, interesting things with the Crab Army and the House of the Dragon connection. However, I will say, I have only watched two episodes, so mm, leave it Ooh. there. Oh, well, then this is I mean, this conversation is going to be short. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing to know about House of the Dragon is that Matt Smith is uh, in my dreams. I don't Hot, know. <laughs> sexy. Good dreams I'll or nightmares? I've never been into blonde men, but here we are. And there was a thing on TikTok that said... Uh, it was like how quickly I became okay with incest and it showed like little clips of scenes like is this creepy is this not creepy do I want this to happen do I not want this to happen and pretty much from the start I was like I don't care make it happen like I yeah. <laughs> there was no I'm on board <laughs> I was like yes please so I texted Taryn because I was like so HBO is showing us that we've watched two episodes but we can't remember if we did and she's like all right what do you remember and I was like Honestly, not very much just creepy uncle knee stuff. And she was like, great, you've seen the first episode. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> cool. Wow. Such bars we set for these episodes. Right? I know. <laughs> and I'm also like not a Doctor Who person. So like that, his, yeah. that whole thing well, doesn't exist in my world. And that, and he would love you for saying that, I think, because it feels, I don't know, the, I, I'm not speaking for him, but it feels to me like he's trying real hard to not just be that Doctor Who right, guy. Right, well, because even David Tennant has come so far out of the the Doctor Who realm where like even I have an old acupuncturist that was like I cannot watch anything else he was in because he tends to play a bad guy and I know him from Doctor Who and I love him and so she refused to watch Jessica Jones because of that. Uh Uh-huh. He was great in that. Creepy as hell. Hold on, that's a set. Now we've gotten to public recommendations. We gotta play D&D. Okay, we gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. It has been nine months since the end of season nine. There are five months remaining until the full moon solstice conjunction that signals the return of the beast. Things have been moving forward. Your all's plans have been going well. Troops have been being trained. Ships are being built. The early warning system has had been run through its paces for sure. But things are going relatively well, at least as well as one can expect for preparations for global war. The elemental upheavals have increased in both frequency and intensity. Lives have been lost, but far fewer than would have been lost without the early warning system and the other preparations you all have made. On the South Island, one of the most notable occurrences in the last few months has been the loss of one of the Sky Aboliths. There was a particularly vicious storm that blew in over the island and lasted for several days, and accompanying it were a legion of air elementals and air myrmidons, far more than the Glorp people could handle on their own. And one of the Sky Aboliths was brought down, crashing just outside of the central city before the storm ended. In the east, earthquakes have continued to plague the surface there, increasing it with intensity with each passing week. The elementals that you all fought seem to have tapered off somewhat after your efforts, but the earthquakes have not. And the topography, the very boundaries and borders of the eastern island have changed. The beach that you all are so used to landing on when you come by sea no longer exists, much to 
the Lich's chagrin, he lost a lot of good buried hands that day. Even some of the other areas have been subjected to the destruction of earthquakes, which Kit has particularly noticed because on occasion she attempts to transport herself to a tree that is no longer standing. It has not kept you all from going to the Eastern Island. There are always other trees that Kit can find. But it is notable that that island's topography is shifting vastly because of these events. The northern island has been gripped by floods and tsunamis. You all have made a point in the past of saying that you were worried about the people that you met on the northern island. And that at some point, perhaps a rescue mission or at least a check-in should be organized. You, of course, have had time to do that. And you found the cave where you first met them. But as you began to explore it and look for them, you realized that many of the cave tunnels had flooded. And after some searching with the help of Kit's water breathing spell and aquatic wild shapes, you eventually found the chamber where Jules, Brook, Gru, and Vang had been sleeping. And it was submerged and it caught them unawares. And you found their bodies and their supplies. And in the West, fire elementals have been kept at bay remarkably well. But then... It seemed like maybe earthquakes were beginning, but this is the island of fire. But as the earthquakes happened and rents in the ground began to open, superheated steam and magma began to seep onto the surface. One of these vents opened up right in the center of Gungra, the orc's capital. No less than 80 to 100 orcs lost their lives in the matter of minutes as their central, as the center of their city was engulfed in magma. The remaining orcs fled to the Shimmerscale Tunnels and have made themselves quite useful, though their comfort in the small cobalt tunnels leaves something to be desired. The world is changing, and despite the four of your best efforts to mitigate the changes to protect the people from them, things aren't looking great. They're not looking bad. You all knew this was coming. You know worse is yet to come. But now things are bad enough that you really begin to understand the scope of what happens when the beast returns. It hasn't even returned yet, but you continue to work. You continue to prepare, you continue to train, and five months remain. Just a few days ago, the second assistant librarian sent you all a long-awaited report. You had asked several people, including Hawks, although Hawks has spent the last several months recuperating from her ordeals on the Central Island. But you'd asked several people over the past months to see what they could do to help you interpret the specifics of Flick's most recent prophecy, the one that involved the stripping of the elemental shielding from the beast and, and the birds and the seeds and the keys. And finally, after a much longer wait than perhaps you hoped for, you have some information that may be of help from the second assistant librarian and her team on the Eastern Island. The first thing that the second assistant librarian tells you is that she very carefully studied the references to the keys and the seeds and things that she felt represented the four nodes. And what she tells you is that she has confirmed, at least to her mind, that in fact there is a fifth node, a central node on the island, which you all knew and expected. You saw it on in the museum on the southern island. There was an indication in the global map there that there was something there. But the assistant li- second assistant librarian confirms this and says that she believes that this node is unlike the others because it 
is the central hub, whereas each of the four island nodes very specifically is keyed for and interacts with two different schools of magic and an element, the central node seems to be the collection of all 12 schools and all four elements. Whether or not this is useful information is up to you all, but at least knowing that it exists is something. In terms of its location, the second assistant librarian assumes that it's in the center of the central island, like all the others are, Though she does note in her missive to you that there are conflicting reports about its location. Some have it in the center, but some seem to place the central node at other locations around the island. From there, she continues on to more information about the nodes and about the elemental protections and the process by which the prophecy suggested you remove them. Her research is a little unclear, and so she presents to you two possibilities. One she believes is basically, I think, what you all have had in mind this whole time, which is that the elemental keys can be ritually bound to the four island nodes and used to siphon off elemental power from the central node and thus from the beast. The process is likely dangerous, she notes, based on data points from the Lich's experimentation with the necromancy key on the node on the Eastern Island. But it seems that once the beast has awoken, it is possible to weaken it somehow by binding the keys to the island nodes and siphoning power through them. The second possibility that she offers you links to her information about the unified central node. Her theory is that if it is possible to do this process at each of the individual nodes, keying elements to whichever node it applies to, it should theoretically be possible for you all to gather together the keys at the central node and achieve the same goal. She takes a brief moment, much of her report is fairly academic, but she takes a brief moment to opine and to say that both options have their problems. The individual nodes at the various islands would require the keys to be split up and thus potentially the four of you to be split up, but you would be farther from the danger of the awakening beast. On the other hand, the central island node, you could all be together. The keys would remain with you there, but there is the beast to contend with as well there. The final point in the second assistant librarian's report to you all is about the beast itself. And she notes that there was something that bothered her as she was doing all of this research, which is that the vast majority of references to the beast only refer to the beast as a creature of the elements. You all provided the second assistant librarian with your story, your experiences learning about the origins of the beast, and she used that for much of her research. But the nodes don't just deal with the elements. Each of the nodes also has two schools of magic keyed to it. So she began to research this, to research the schools of magic's link to the various elements. And she hasn't gotten very far yet, but she's going to continue working on it. She felt it was important to flag it, though. She does think that the assignment of the schools to each of the four Arcania and the four nodes was not arbitrary. For example, enchantment and divination are somehow linked to fire, as those are the three keys from the Western Island, from the Western Arcanium. 
She doesn't have much more for you right now, but she encourages you to keep that in mind as you make your plans, as you begin to face more of what the return throws at you, including the beast itself. Once you all have read and processed the second assistant librarian's report, it seems a good time to begin thinking about all of the other people you've met along your journey these past years who have offered their help, who have pledged their service, who have believed in you, and figure out how it is that we want to use them to protect this world from the return in just five short months. So today we find the four of you in a meeting room, maybe somewhere in the Shimmerscale Tunnels. There is a wall full of easels on one side of the room. All of the chairs are, in fact, all of the chairs have had backs put on the front and back of them. So it doesn't matter how you sit. You're always backwards. So confining. (laughs) They were trying to be helpful. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) And you have a list of individuals that you want to discuss today and ways in which they might individually help out the cause. Y'all ready for it? I think we are. Great. Let's, before we jump into talking about them though, I just talked for a very long time. So thoughts, anything we should discuss, anything you want to discuss amongst yourselves, questions you have, Bria? Would the Lich know anything about these connecting keys and why they were chosen since he was an arcanist? Would he know any of that information? Oh, that's very good. I like that a lot. Yes, I think there could be something there. Let's say this. Here's here's what he knows. So you send that information over to Fiona and the Lich on the Eastern Island. And when you hear back, he tells you that the schools and elements that were paired together at the Arcania were done to somewhat neutralize each other. They tried several different combinations, but when they attempted to concentrate various combinations of schools, they found that the elements would often overwhelm the other magic until they found these four combinations. Something about near simultaneous exposure to necromancy and transmutation, for example, somewhat dampened the effect of the earth magic that was coursing through the node and allowed it to be balanced enough to be stable and usable by the arcanists. Would that be an argument for using those types of magic against that portion of the beast? Question mark? I think the lich is too much the academic to hypothesize about that without more information, but Fiona would probably say, why not try it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, we have it written down somewhere of like what element has what st- type of magic, but can you go through it really fast? Yeah, I absolutely can. So the western, or sorry, the eastern island uh, is earth magic with necromancy and transmutation. The southern island is conjuration and evocation with air. The western Western Island is enchantment and divination with fire, and the Northern Island is illusion and abjuration with water. Other stuff you all want to talk about, about the Second Assistant Librarian's report, or about the stuff that has come to pass before we start talking about NPCs? Well, we talked a little bit about the origin of the node and whether it's in the same place, if it's in the center. Do we think it moves? Is that something that we think is capable? Like, is that within the capabilities? I know that, you know, the Arcania, the nodes on all of the islands don't move. But is there any indication that that might... We know the topography of the island, the central island itself, kind of moves around and shifts. I don't know if that's a possibility. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, she's really uh, she's really not sure. The information that she found that placed the node, the central node, elsewhere, other than the center of the island, 
were were sort of offhand remarks. You know, they were describing a coastline and then happened to mention the node a short distance away. Or they mentioned, you know, a mountain range that is nowhere near the center of the island. And the fact that they found the node in a valley there or something like that. Interesting. Okay. But are these reports from like many years ago, many like beast sightings ago? Many beast sightings ago. Yeah. So it's exactly. Yeah. So it could just be that the topography has changed has over changed time. Many it's times. always been in the center, but just the island has shifted. Yeah. The second assistant librarian is also probably too much of an academic to hypothesize too much, although she likes you all and she's already opined once. So she'll say, you know, honestly, it could could be any of those. There's so little information about the node in general and even less about it at locations other than the center that, you know, she really couldn't venture any sort of guess. But topography changes make sense. The moving thing would would mean, like, there's a ton more that she and you all don't know about this node if it has the capability of, like, mo- mobility. <laughs> like, what if the entire central island is the beast and he's just moving around? It's the, it's the, the turtle shell, as we've already exactly. discussed. We've already talked about this many seasons ago. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we already it. solved it. We're done. So I was going to go back to the question of the elemental keys and stripping away the powers because we had established it doesn't have to be us that's doing that, right? You have established that it do, you, the keys don't need to, you don't need to be attuned to the keys to achieve whatever this is that they're suggesting you do, yes. So we could, like, let's say we wanted to, like, pull back the power at each of the the outer islands. We could send whoever it is who we trust, and we can go to the center to fight the beast, if that's... That but, is, yes, that right. is definitely a possibility. But what he just said is that if we don't have to be attuned to him, we could siphon that power while we're at the center. So we, because I think originally we had that idea because we were like, oh, the person's going to have to be attuned to them. They're going to have to be on the four islands. So now he's saying they we don't have have to be attuned and we can do it from the center so technically like we could just have them with us and siphon the power as well as an option right i guess my and i think this is a group decision my thought is just is that the best use of our time or are there other people who we can send to like a less uh precarious place to do that work yeah the only thing i'll say about that and and this is truly not meant because there are pros and cons to both choices right but remember that that you all have experienced and then the second assistant library and also flagged that this process has the potential to be quite explosive. <laughs> when it comes to the siphoning, do we have any information based on like what that entails? Like if we are on the central island, can we siphon off just because we have the keys and we're attuned to it? Or do we have to be with the node? doing it that way. Oh, everything seems to point that you have to be at a, a node. A, a, you a. can be at the central node, the second assistant librarian mm-hmm. thinks, because it's unified, but you have to be at a node. Um, for, and follow up for that one, do you need to have every single key for the central node? Like, all well? Mm-hmm. No, this is still, as far as you all can tell, this is still just about the element. Because remember, the, the beast's being, right, is a conglomerate of elementals, mm-hmm. right? We've now learned that schools of magic are tied and blah, 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 but the, the physical way whatever of the beast is elemental. So all you're doing is siphoning elemental protections off of it. So you just need the four elemental keys for that step of the process. 
Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be Palmery. If you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcast from and leave us a rating and a review. It's been a while, and I know I say this every other week now... But we want to read at least a few during season 10, right? So go leave a few more. Also, we're very close to 100 reviews, which would be a very exciting way to close out our show. Next up, of course, our reminder about our Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, which are, now that the show is going to be ending soon, in their final months. Patrons, we know we've got a few more things to fulfill for some of you, so be on the lookout for those in the coming weeks. For right now, though, I want to take a minute to recognize these awesome patrons who, through their patronage, are making our very exciting finale season, season 10, possible. We're going to be talking a little more about what season 10 is going to look like in the coming weeks, but just know that the only reason that it can be even a tiny fraction of what it's going to be is because of these patrons. So thank you so much to our Heralds of Denier, Shimmy Gangot, Tanya, and Ark, to our honorary party member Seven, to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders Eugenio, Eliyahu of Merck Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge and Harmony Bat, and to our Shimmer Scale Council members, Nat Rose, Tony A. Ellis, Lucas Hokum, Steffi Bernard, River Daniel, Stephen Mosley, Verpio, Kin, Sam Ellis, Kelsey G, Jay Sprig, Gordon Ross, Sam Rodman, Jabari Bunch, Tanya C. DePass, Adam Mando Wookie, Avari Roman, Shane, Sophia, Lavender Kazi, and Steven Sikora. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and help us make our finale season, season 10, that much more special, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. Enjoy D&D video games, but don't have dozens of hours to dump into another giant RPG? Well, have we got the game for you. Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms is a set-it-and-forget-it idle game featuring tons of your favorite characters from Forgotten Realms lore and from contemporary popular D&D stream shows. You can get more information on the game at CodenameEntertainment.com or on Twitter at at IdleChampions. And when you start playing, use the Electrum Chest Codes found every week in our episode notes to get gems, gear, and other power-ups all for free. Enhance your characters and defend Faerun with TLR and Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. We want to thank BattleBards, Scott Buckley, and Kevin McLeod for the music you hear on our show. You can find their collections at BattleBards.com, ScottBuckley.com.au, and in CompTech.FilmMusic.io, respectively. As always, you can, of course, also check the episode notes if you want specific track names, artist names, and links to those tracks. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or really anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links that you can find on our website or in our episode notes when you shop at those sites so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Lastly, we wanted to talk to you all a little bit about what's coming up for TLR. After this week, we will have at most two more of these interim episodes to drop for you all before we take our final pre-finale season hiatus. The whole of the TLR crew, all five players, and story consultant Robert are going to spend the weekend of Thanksgiving here in the U.S. recording all of season 10. And to be honest, the idea of then trying to go back in time in our brains to record planning episodes 
plan and the finale that we've already rec- anyway it was just too much for our minds so we are conservatively estimating that we're going to have to take about five weeks hiatus after thanksgiving so we would start releasing season 10 at the beginning of january now if we can get those episodes to you sooner we absolutely will but for reasons that we're hoping to announce in the coming weeks season 10 is going to require a little more time and work to get edited patreon patrons you're going to get all of these details that i have teased like 18 times in this midro alone uh, you're going to be getting them first, and you're also going to get some information about uh, the final things that we need to fulfill for you all and the future of our Patreon in general. So keep an eye on your inboxes in the coming weeks. Okay, with that, let's get back to this episode. We will be back with our penultimate episode of this interim season in two weeks. So look for that on Wednesday, November 9th. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, fight racism where, when, and however you can. And happy gaming, y'all. Right. So, with all of this vast new information, uh, it's time to start thinking about the day itself and what is going to happen on that day and how the people that you have met are going to assist you in what you know, whatever your approach to the Central Island and the Beast are. I have a list of all of the folks, all of the NPCs that you've met along the way, and by that I mean all of the guest players that we've had on our show, and I would love for us to talk about them and and see how, what ideas you might have for uh, assigning them to this. The idea here, I will say to the, I'll go ahead and say to the listeners, I've said it to the four of you before, but we'll say it to the listeners now, um, is that we want these individuals to be special and to give you some real powerful advantages uh, during this campaign against to the beast for season 10 but we don't want to bog things down with like a ton of mechanics adding more people to initiative trackers doing lots of math rolling lots of dice we don't want to do that so what we're going to do today is we're going to go through this list and you all are going to tell me sort of broad narrative ideas of what how these people might assist you and then story consultant robert and i will go back and assign some mechanics to that for you all to have access to during season 10 so just to get us started here are the lists of guests we've had had so far on The Last Refuge. The first guest we had was our gnome friend Zebo, the chronomancer, played by Dan Dillon. Oh, yes. Then the rest in no particular order, because I just started writing names. Uh, we, of course, <laughs> had uh, Fiona, the druid Azamar, uh, played by Serena Marie. Shell Warden, the cave fisher keeper in the world below, played by Celeste Conowich. The Tinkerer, the agricultural inventor artificer, played by Nat Rose. Liara, the school teacher that is uh, Bria's best friend in the whole universe, played by T.K. Johnson. The second assistant librarian, who we've mentioned multiple times today, but if you all find something for her, that's great, played by Hannah Rose. Tidier, a.k.a. Tide, who is sort of a janitor for the world below and apparently knows a lot of giant crabs, played by Alex Tay. And Stu Lactite, the miner that Bizdira uh, befriended very early on in your time in the world below, played by Nicholas Figueroa. So who do we want to start with? We'll start at the top. Zebo, Zebo, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, Zebo, you all, you all remember Zebo. Zebo fucked with time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think we know 
what we want to do with Zebo. Yeah, I will say we're yeah. starting we're starting <laughs> with the real easy one, right? So Zebo uh, Zebo can totally offer some chronomancy help. Um, he got into a bit of trouble over helping you all all those years ago, so his powers have been somewhat curtailed. Uh, but this one's super easy because uh, we chatted a little bit about this before we started recording. But Zebo's going to give you a do-over power of He's some sort. He's turn back time <laughs> if I could if Zebo could turn back time. <laughs> it's like he's talking out of his cheek. It's wild. If he uh, could find <laughs> a way. If we had a TikTok for this podcast, it would just be Alex doing that <laughs> over true. and over. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so so that's easy enough. I mean, tick that off the list. Zebo will give you some sort of timey-wimey do-over power, uh, and we'll figure out exactly what the scope of that is later, but that's... Uh, but that's what that's what Zebo will do for you. Yeah, Fiona. Great. You'll do Fiona next. All right. Well, now that now we open everything up, right? Because now there's a lot more sort of possibility. Uh, uh, exactly. So. So. Well, we know Fiona's a druid. So do we ask her to come in as a big bad monster to help us fight? Do we see if she can help us with any sort of? I will say that. As as the other druid, mm-hmm. I don't think that her wild shapes will be as powerful as having her come in and do a spell of some sort. I think that especially since she's not Circle of the Moon, mm-hmm. she like like the CR is just so low. When we're talking about the beast, I just don't think it's a I don't think it. it's enough firepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Let me also say real quick as we're thinking about this, particularly for those people who have classes like Fio. Right. If there are specific class abilities or spells that seem useful, great. But also, don't feel like you have to necessarily follow rules as written. Right. When we did this for rivals, like I gave a monk like eighteen punches to do like seventy-five damage. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to quite fit in to the box of rules. Just so we know. I think I would. I would like to hear the ideas. Um. But I will also say, if she's really circle of dreams, then the other big thing that that class does is lots of healing magic. Okay. So that could be a a useful thing for us to to have it <laughs> at our disposal. Yeah. I mean that were those were basically our two ideas was that she has the ability to as a druid, she has access to the elements in many ways just like you do Kit. And so one option would be she could provide you all with an enormous elemental damage like bomb and on the flip side exactly as Kit pointed out as particularly as circle of uh, as the circle that she is uh, she can also provide a big healing bomb for you all uh, where our two sort of and those are super vague we'll flavor it up but that's sort of the two ideas that we had for Fiona well given our other guests and their characters I think maybe the healing is my vote mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Fiona and that's a good point right we're going to want to make sure that we balance these at least to some extent some damage some buffs some healing some debuffs so we can always come back. But for right now, if we want to sort of put a pin in, Fiona's going to provide some long-range healing for you all. That's absolutely acceptable. All right. right. Lydia, you've got our list. Who's next? Shell Warden. Crab Fisher Army. Or Cave Fisher cave Army. Fisher. <laughs> crab Fisher Army. Well, oh. yeah, that's when the crabs and the cave fishers mate, mate. and make some sort of yeah. horrible How monster child. Oh. <laughs> can we be working on that? It has been nine months. It, it has yes. been nine months. You picked a very specific. <laughs> time <laughs> when you crossbreed cave fishers and and uh, giant crabs their their gestation period is in fact nine months yes exactly no it is not don't, we're not doing a crossbreed oh why not <laughs> don't, don't. i guess we, well you know what i guess if you all really want to i guess we we could talk about it we're well, doing it it's also they're is not that what we're doing humans 
Anyway, it's true. Cave Fisher Army. Also, do we think that we can use the Cave Fisher blood as something? Do you think that we could get like a really big syringe and fill it full of that and stab the beast with it to make it really drunk? Oh, that's certainly one way you could go with it. Um, and <laughs> it, hilarious. That's what this Hul- episode is called. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing that you would know or that Shell could perhaps provide you with this information um, is that in fact Kayfisher blood is used in addition to just like a pleasant highly alcoholic drink it has been used historically many many years ago right as a sort of like berserkers potion type oh, thing yes. right oh I God, mean it's frenzy not, listen, juice it's essentially frenzy juice <laughs> frenzy juice okay I was gonna see if it was gonna be made into some sort of poison but I like mm-hmm. this also, much also an better. option right so I'm we're just we're going back and forth certainly a poison could work right a concentrated blood um, although the delivery system as Bizdira pointed out would be complicated and perhaps comical <laughs> but it but it can work both ways right it can also be a sort of empowering in a reckless sort of way Right, I'm not saying that it's just going to make you stronger. Right, I am a smithy. I can make some big syringes. So another idea <laughs> that Robert and I had was to use cave fisher carapaces as sort of like damage sponge things. So when you started with I am a smith, I was like, oh, she's going to come up with this other same idea that we... No, no, she is not. <laughs> but I like this I carapace mean, I idea. Like them both. I, I, will, I will make some armor. That's fine. So that's one option that we came up with, right? Their armor is... A, is, is, or their carapace are particularly strong, and so they could provide sort of a damage sponge situation for you all. They also spin. Kit's like, yes, I was just looking up cave fishers. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> go for it then. Oh, they have an adhesive filament, and they can trap things in it, much like a horrible spider web. So, meta speaking, mechanically speaking, yeah, of course. what would a berserker juice do? I mean, we haven't figured it out exactly. It might give you temp HP. It might give you advantage on attack rolls with the, you know, with disadvantage on a rolls against you, like a barbarian uh, uh, reckless attack. It might make you immune to fear. It might, those sorts of things, right? Think Potion of Heroism, think Hero's Feast, those types of things. And what would the armor give us? The armor would allow you to pick an instance of damage, so not necessarily an attack, but some instance of damage, it would just let you negate it, probably once, once, maybe twice, once each, right? You would each have your own bit of carapace armor where you could negate one to two instances of damage we haven't decided yet Um, and then the 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 spinning stuff the the web right could be fashioned into like a big net or some sort of a trap or something on an enormously large scale for the beast Um, and mechanically we were thinking you know it would restrain the beast for a round or something like that maybe we put a pin in shell for now and we and we keep going and as we said like discuss all of these things and all of the possibilities before we concretely decide. Yeah. Sure. What's next? Who's next? Tinkerer. I think that at one point I had talked about could the tinkerer be helping Barn like creating weapons on a like large scale and thinking about like, you know, like doing inventor stuff so that we have like more innovative, exciting things with us on the central island. But artificing so like magically doing so, yeah. I mean, between the tinkerer and Varn, you have some really excellent mechanical engineering and and not an insig- I mean, the tinker is not on 
on the power scale of Fiona and you all, for example, in terms of their artificing. But yeah, I mean, there would there can absolutely be magical components to whatever they do. Could those two also enlist the help of, say, like, Mox and Books? Could the four of them get together to really put all their powers of artificing and building and engineering together to create something bigger. I don't I don't see that that's out of the realm of possibility. I imagine they just create a gigantic magical mechanical thing that they just drop on the beast. I'm picturing <laughs> sure like Beauty and the Beast, like <laughs> yes. um what he creates uh what and then Maurice it just, like, makes is pushed over oh. the edge and it just falls on someone <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that was not how it, we went." It, you know, how we blew planned, up though. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Did a good job. Did some damage. I uh, mean, Cer- certainly, you know, bo- I, one of the ideas that I wrote down is just like bomb, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Some sort totally. of like, giant whatever. Well, because the tinkerer also dealt with um, growing food, right? So the tinkerer could potentially make fertilizer and thus bombs. I don't know why I keep thinking that you're going to finish your sentences with the <laughs> idea that I have. I don't share a brain with you. I have my own murder hobo brain. We are good enough friends, though, that you, you start on the track mm-hmm. and then I turn left and you d- do a U-turn and then end up right. (laughs) Well, no, that's an interesting point about harnessing sunlight because radiant damage is not elemental. Is their bomb something that could be harnessing radiant damage or sunlight or something that's not This is what I was just going to ask. Fire or earth or something like that. Yeah, so like a non-elemental bomb. Yeah, that was something I was going to ask is do we think we need to stay away from any type of elemental damage because it's There will be things that are immune and resistant. Well, I will say remember that the whole point of what you're doing at the nodes or at the central node is to reduce some of that, mm-hmm. right, is to make it so that this creature is not immune to all of the elements. Right. Okay. Right. So I really want us to have a nice big bomb and maybe this is a different th- maybe this needs a different solution but the other thing that I was just thinking about that probably needs some artificing is our means of transport to the central island mm-hmm. because I think based on our journeys there we all kind of know that we need you know either sturdier ships or rudders or something something that's going to help us navigate better. And maybe there are other people who can work on this, um, but I feel like I would be remiss not to say out loud that we need to be planning for a challenging journey to the center. And on that subject, we are whoever goes to the center is probably going to take some damage on the way in. So is having a plan to, when we get to the island, trying to get back to that cave that is linked to our world, something that might be like part of the overall plan so we can get some healing and do whatever before we go and fight the beast that Alex and I found with. Oh, it was the it was linked to like plane Earth, of Earth. Right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. the plane of Earth. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I definitely want to find that cave again for sure if we can it might have moved or it might have disappeared because of you know everything changing the topography changing of the island but okay do we want to put a pin in the tinker for now then since it sounds like we got a couple of ideas and we just need to see where other folks land so then liara really what i think she should be focused on is being a little bit kinder to me (laughs) (laughs) i knew you're gonna say in Incredible. So I thought her you were and I say are gonna, she's not interacting with me at all. <laughs> we are gonna go to couples together and um, we're gonna get some work done. Is she going to train all the children in basic 
first aid. Children? I don't know. I am like trying to think of what she could do. Lyra can be bait for the <laughs> That, I want everyone to know. There are times when it sounds like Karin and I have similar voices, and I want everyone uh, to know that that was Karin speaking, not Taryn. It was a joke. <laughs> I am anyone thought I was being serious. Telling DK. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, for what it is worth... I- here are, I don't know if one of you t- went and talked to Liara and got this information, these ideas, or how this came to you, but the two ideas that come to mind about Liara include her magic ball and the power of her belief in the system. Well, that was kind of oh, my God. thought, actually. You guys, I, I like that I'm, I feel like her defender now. Um, <laughs> my thought was that she actually is quite persuasive um and i think that she would be a great resource as far as like assisting us in gathering community and organizing things and like preschool teachers are where it's at y'all she can do a lot with those skills that are required to keep everyone calm and keep everyone organized and maybe like moving people around which isn't necessarily like useful for us I mean, maybe she's like being a air traffic controller for people coming in and out of the island and saying like, oh, you're going to move here. You're going to be like, she's the person that's in charge of where people are going, sending them off, telling them when to go where, whatever. She's hurting the cats, basically. Yeah. 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 And she's using the magic ball to do it. When you said power of persuasion, I totally thought we were going to like shove her out in front in a moment of negotiation (laughs) with the beast and just be like, your your moment, go for it. Me and Alex are wearing a brain today. Having, yeah. yeah, Beast, you are having some really big feelings right now, and that's okay. <laughs> but can you keep your bubble in? Keep your bubble in. Keep Listen. Your bubble in. Keep your bubble in. Okay. Okay. I like this idea of sort of like... Air traffic controller? Air traffic control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was thinking just sort of logistic support, but that's not exactly what I mean. And thinking sort of mechanically, right? Maybe it's about being able to call on a resource when you need it most, right? It can be dispatched to you. Or maybe it's about like if you're searching for something... You can, like, there's an opportunity that Liara's forces have already scouted it and can direct you there. That sort of thing. Kind yeah. of like in Hunger Games when the little packages come out to that's, them, like that. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah. Or almost like an inspiration, moment of inspiration or something. Or like, I, I don't know. I mean, inspiration doesn't mean the same yeah. in D&D. Yeah. No, no, no. But what, I knew but, what you meant, right? Yeah. The encouragement, the right. morale boost, mm-hmm. the whatever. Yeah, we can sort of figure out how that, what that might look like. Or she could be the one who is negotiating when the bombs drop like remember we were talked mm, about timing wise oh the glorp bombs yeah. that's what it is yeah 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 no she could be the one um who's in charge of like okay and now the glorp bombs go Instead, yeah if we if we feel like we need more like firepower versus like buffs do we oh, oh oh i see yeah 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 absolutely is there a way to have kind of like what taryn was saying like the hunger games where we can have like a visual of what's going on in the island so that she can do that from afar with the like scrying, maybe yeah. someone can scry on us while we're there so that they can be, so she can be seeing what's going on and can send stuff in. Yeah, my assumption was definitely that she was doing all of this work remotely. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As much as I think that she would be okay with helping the cause overall, I do not <laughs> think that she would be okay with actually being in the front lines. I don't 
don't know, man. She tough. I'm, she is, but she's. <laughs> what if she was like a twentieth level like... wizard, and we were just <laughs> like. <Exactly. laughs> and that, man, that stupid ball is her arcane focus. Uh-huh. It's actually the most powerful item you but all have I, encountered thus far. I feel like she's also giving off the vibe of like hacking the mainframe. Like she's not yeah. necessarily like on the front lines doing yeah. the she's thing. A, she's like yeah. listens to this one. Yeah, day. Yeah. The yeah. BTS, right. you know, behind the scenes. So are we? Are we putting a pin again to say is it either like Glorbomb Logistics or Resource Logistics? For now. Okay, great. That's fine. Uh, so second assistant librarian. Who has already helped us so much already. <laughs> yeah, this was be- this was because we had a human come on and play her. Mm-hmm. So if you all can think of something for the battle in the theme of these other things. But also, if not, that's why we started with her giving you the Lord. I mean, even uh-huh. as much as she can like continue doing her research to get any other further information about like potential location of the central central node um, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, that sort of research and information stuff, I, I think I don't have any problem being ongoing, but it, and I wouldn't count that against your, this is the... Th- thing that she provides you during the last battle, like battle. that helps you survive. Right, or if right. she she finds a piece of information of like, oh, this is something that they're actually really, like, the beast is susceptible to, or, you know, whatever else, and then, like, someone sends a message to one of us, is like, yeah. hey, hit him in the kneecaps, like, that's their weak point. Right, like, I was about to say, maybe it's like a re-roll mechanic, mm-hmm. or like something like, we remember something like, oh, that's not gonna hit them, but this might, mm-hmm. or that's not, like, you she's know, watching something... Th- through the scrying and then she's like oh wait a second I remember this and she's flipping through yeah. the pages and I mean she is quite the statistician if that's you I, know yeah. what we're going for I mean and the argument there could be like if we're about to do something really dumb <laughs> like use a certain <laughs> magic against the beast that's just not gonna do anything and is just gonna waste a right. turn she, she could come up and her, be like please don't do that about yeah, she, her booming voice comes yeah. over the central and it like, goes no, no fireball <laughs> that's sort of interesting that I hadn't really thought of any of these being more sort of meta than like this but I love the idea of like second assistant librarian gives each of you one opportunity to ask like a narrow specific question of me the DM while you all are in the shit or alternatively like I can also choose to use it if you all are going to do something that is absolutely going to fall flat (laughs) and if I need to say hey I'm using your librarian ability to stop you from doing this thing that's kind of interesting it's it's meta but in a way that like I don't know I kind of like and I didn't think of Cool. I think second assistant librarian is a bit meta in that she's <laughs> sure. doing the research of like the entire world and the entire existence of, you know, their realm. So Sure. Okay. I don't mind that. Do we have other I thoughts? I do. I love the idea of them all like almost like watching this on TV mm-hmm. and like yeah. seeing stuff as it's going on. All right, cool. Well, hey, we actually settled on a second NPC's ability. <laughs> Tidier. Oh god, we know this one. Come That's on, done. y'all. We're we don't even need to discuss. Okay. Crab Crab Army. I mean, that's fine. Tell, tell me tell me more about this. We're well, going to make the crabs have magical shells that cannot be hurt. By anything. Then, by anything. By anything. And then they're going to defeat the beast on their own. This is what we're going to do. Eat we're gonna, eat, they're going to eat the beast. We're going to give the crabs frenzy juice and just set them loose. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, look, if you all want to do like a what what I'm in ter- like in the categories of these abilities, what I'm thinking of is like a damage bomb and you want it to be army of giant crab based. I'm not going to say no to you. I don't think. Check. But just out of curiosity, what was your second idea for tidier? Um, so one possibility, if you wanted to go with a different option for shell warden, you could make crab carapace armor that would have a similar effect. And then Robert had a really great idea about 
like, you know, Tide was a little slow. So something about, like, the force of Tide's personality, like, debuffing the beast in some way. Uh, make him fall asleep. Or alternatively, like, you know, like a fear negation, emotional negation type thing for you all. Again, I imagine we just, like, shove him out in front and he just begins yeah. talking to yeah. the beast and the beast is distracted for, like, a round. Did we put yeah, him exactly. and Liara out there? Can oh, you even yeah. imagine? Does the any... beast would be like, listen, I'm out. I'm just, I'm gonna be out here. <laughs> yeah, so those were, those were our possibilities, but we want to go with Crab Army? That's fine if we yes, do. Yes, I, I am yeah. all about the Crab Army. I, how can we not at this point kids like "Mm." i mean i think we should put a pin in this one as well because if we end up listen we all know i am a huge fan of the crab army but also if we're thinking strategically we just want to make sure that we are like covering all of our bases so he's thinking strategically i'm (laughs) well what i want to do once we get through the whole list right is is then put these into categories and see where we're heavy and the balance is off yeah Yeah. and last but not least stool Lactate. I feel like Stu, he was a dwarf, no? Dwarf minor, yeah. Are I mean, does is it like an, uh, I don't know, I don't want to do, sacrifice an army of miners, but like... Do we build some tunnels? Uh, oh, collapsible tunnels? Maybe. Well, that's tough. That is tough. But also, could it be like maybe rest points? Like foxhole type things? Do we just say, hey, dwarves, drink some frenzy, frenzy juice and just have at it, because dwarves are awesome. They're also not soldiers. Yeah, well... No, they're miners. <laughs> they know yes. how to handle a pickaxe. Just saying. What could go wrong? It would be a good distraction. So other minor thoughts other than sacrificing an entire <laughs> cast of people from the world below? I was going to say, I don't know mechanically exactly how this would work, but I was wondering, I was thinking perhaps the miners could do something in terms of helping us like overcome like traversal obstacles. Oh. Like we have to climb a mountain or we have to ford a stream because we know we're terrible at that. <laughs> Or like, you know, how like how could they help us with the obstacles that on our journey there? Oh, I do in, like that. on the island. That's a little bit more of like a passive ongoing thing than the others that we've discussed. But yeah, I mean, certainly just like I mean, mechanically speaking, right? Like a difficult terrain climb speed type, like difficult terrain negation slash mm-hmm. give you a climb speed type. Thing. That's sort of interesting. What were the things that you had? Well, the miners were yet again a third option, also for damage negating armor, um, although the least interesting of the three. Uh, and then the other one was so they have tokens of Featherfall uh, to protect them when they're mining the stalactites. Now, obviously, you all don't need tokens of Featherfall, but Story Consultant Robert came up with a really kind of interesting idea that they work with some spellcasters to tinker with the Featherfall to sort of reverse it, to make it like a fuck with gravity thing as a debuff for the beast for, you know, a round or whatever. That's interesting. I can just imagine, I'm imagining the beast now as spider on roller skates kind of thing. I kind of like the idea of using them as our uh, debuff system so we can have our crab army. You mean as your armor system? As our armor, yeah. If we have three options for some type of armor, I feel like that's the easy, because I think we have some cool options for the other two that would potentially give us armor, so I like using this. As, as that armor option. Yeah, I mean, sure. We can at that point we can flavor the armor stuff however you want. Just so that uh, they're cooler looking. The, yeah, I mean that's fine. Cool. Okay, so we have now discussed everyone and decided on two of the seven or eight. I don't remember how many we have. So let's go back and solidify some choices. So right now we have for Zebo, we have essentially a a sort of buff situation where he will allow you all to redo something, and we have from 
the second assistant librarian, also a sort of buff situation uh, where she is either keeping you from doing something ineffective or answering a question about wh- how something will work out. For Fiona, I think it's safe to say that we might want the healing because it sounds like we have a bomb. Yeah. We have yeah. another sort of yeah. bomb option that we are going to go with. Yeah. Okay, so we want to go with the healing bo- the healing burst for Fiona. We already have an- the crap army, and we're talking about doing armor with stew. So why don't we just solidify Berserker Potion, or the Berserker Juice for the Shell Warden? I agree with that. So we're not doing the Silk Net from them. I I don't really see a purpose. Okay, so Frenzy Juice from the Cave Lurker Blood. Mm-hmm. Cave Fisher Blood, sorry. So the Tinkerer were leaning towards the Radiant Bomb? I think so. I think. Okay, so there's a damage thing. Liara, we talked about the directing the Glort Bombs, so that's a damage mm-hmm. thing. I'm okay with the, her being in charge of Glort Bombs. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so right now we have three damage people, two buff people, and a healer, and we are left to make decisions about Stew and... Tide, we did Crab Army. Tide, Crab Army, which is damage. So damage is the Tinker, Tide, and Liara. Healing is Fiona. And buffs are Zebo and Shell. I also have second assistant librarian as buff. I don't know. I just I just feel like it's unbalanced. <laughs> it is a little bit. Uh, I think that if I were to make an argument for changing one of them, I would argue for changing Shell Warden. And I would actually think about doing the net yeah. because the way that you presented the net when we talked about it was that we could make a giant net and trap the beast for one yeah. round. Yeah, basically like give it the restrain um, condition for a round or yeah. something. Yeah, like that was that. the one that I was considering changing as well. I love the Frenzy Juice, but I feel like if we're trying to balance it out, that would be the one to balance it. I can tell that this is tearing Lydia apart. <laughs> could we give just her Frenzy Juice and have a, the net be like, yeah, like the the net has a tiny little hole in it or something. It's okay. If y'all are all voting for the net, I'm okay with that. So where does that leave stew? We can do stew's reverse gravity falling feather fall, which would be a debuff. We can do stew's armor, which would be a buff. Uh, or we could do something else. If, I think I'm now leaning towards the anti-gravity debuff. Yeah, if we're looking to balance things out. To sort of balance out, things out. Then I agree with that one. Okay, so real quick, here's the rundown. Zebo will allow you to redo something, giving you a buff ability. The second assistant librarian will give you advice about how good an idea some of the things that you try are. Fiona will provide a healing bomb to you all at some point. The Tinker, Tide, and Liara are going to provide damage explosions, uh, large amounts of one-off damage, so they're your three damage NPCs, and Stu and Shell Warden are going to be providing hindrances and debuffs against the beast. I think we've done it! Wow. So, with all of those assignments ready to go out, that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen in a couple of weeks to find out what we do in that episode. <laughs> you can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D Last Refuge. And if you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupp, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Desdira, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. 
Oh, go ahead, Karin. Your ideas are much better than mine. 